0: It's shocking to me how important work is and yet how broken finding the right job can be. Everyone's had a bad experience. Trawling through irrelevant job ads, not knowing the salary, applying and then never hearing back. And for managers, wading through irrelevant applications or sending hundreds of LinkedIn emails, hoping for a response. But it doesn't have to be this way. Otter matches the right people with the right jobs at all the most exciting companies. It was founded to make finding a great job less soul-crushing. I use Otter when I'm hiring at Heights, and honestly, I love it. Candidates simply answer a few questions about what they're looking for, and Otter serves up only relevant jobs that match their skills and preferences. This smart matching means companies receive more relevant applications, helping them find the very best people much faster than before. So... If you're looking for the right job or you'd like to hire smarter, check out otter.com forward slash secret leaders. That's O-T-T-A dot com forward slash secret leaders. I think I went through a breakdown. Like I actually had a nervous breakdown.
1: And that was the time that I was like, I'm not going to be able to continue with this. I don't know where I'm going. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I cannot do this.
0: That's Matteo Grassi, the co-founder of Popup, a thriving no-code e-commerce platform. But before all of this, there was another period in his life, a much darker period. He left Shopify in 2016 to become a partner in a company which Matteo has asked to keep anonymous. The idea was they would quickly spin up dozens of direct-to-consumer e-commerce shops connecting customers with cool products. They would be the middleman and they absolutely exploded. It was a paid marketing masterclass. One of their shops got to 12 million in revenue in months. but. As you know, that's not how things ended, because we're not here to talk about success stories. We're here to learn from founders' toughest moments. The thing is, Matteo is really good at growing direct-to-consumer, or D2C, brands. They started in September 2016 with $10,000 in ads, and by November, they'd got to $4 million in revenue. Crazy. The feeling was addictive.
1: You just lose control of reality because you see the numbers on a dashboard, right? You see the numbers going up, and literally, like you go from ten thousand a day to fifty thousand a day to a hundred thousand a day, and then on Black Friday we did one million in one day, and you just completely detach of what's happening behind the scene, because when you work with third party manufacturer, you don't really see the product being manufactured and fulfilled. But in reality, behind those large numbers, there is actually people that are making products and shipping it to customers. And that was, I guess, the mistake, you know, pushing, pushing, pushing and uh, not understanding the scale of the operation that we were facing. And that brought major delays as well with, uh, with the product. And then we ended up losing most of the money.
0: They were able to scale very quickly for several reasons. They found the perfect Christmas gift—a blanket—which flew off the digital shelves. But the supplier couldn't keep up with the demand. One week delivery times turned into twenty-five days, thirty days. So customers started canceling because their gifts weren't going to arrive in time for Christmas. This was illustrative of the fundamental business problem. The things that fell apart was,
1: uh, yeah, I mean, we 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 realized that our supplier was not good. Because it was an issue on, on their side. I mean, we did sell a lot, but we also asked to that supplier, can you cope with the manufacturing? I was like, yeah, no problem. And then we start to see other, other, other issues as well. I started to look into like these major suppliers that we had, and they were doing also the fulfillment. And it was just like, every issue that we had was because either product quality or shipping time.
0: The good thing is Matteo knew exactly how to turn the business into a success. So my idea
1: was like, I don't want to do this dropshipping stuff. We should use this to pivot into making our own brands. We should have better manufacturing. We should have making the customer happy, maybe making less money, but trying to work in more retention and, you know, building something that, as a value, right? Uh, we can't just hide all the time with our stores that no one knows where the stores are because they're, you know, they're so crap, and at the same time, their reviews are are terrible. So I wanted to move that, that direction, and it seemed there was uh, an initial push towards that direction, uh, but then eventually things were always slipping out into the old ways, right? It's trying to come to do the shortcut or, you know, selling products that are not great because everything was just like about making money you know, and, and for one stage in my life, I think that's, that's what I wanted to do. I think I was, I got, I got fooled that I was like, this is what I want. I mean, finally I can make money and I was seeing money that I'd never seen before in my life, right? When you see millions, like you never see that
0: type of money. Mateo quickly realized money wasn't motivating for him. Once you hit 1 million, then it's 2 million, 3 million. The goals get bigger, but so what? It just wasn't satisfying. He wasn't building products people loved. In fact, he was building things people didn't like, but made money. And then, when he tried moving the company in another direction, he kept being told things would happen that never happened. This comes to the heart of the problems he had with his business partner, and it wasn't your typical kind of conflict. It was never conflict, per se. It was
1: never like, oh, I want to do things my way, you know, and stuff like that. It was like, oh yeah, you're right, you're right, you know, but then things don't change. And I think that's make it worse because then you have to stop listening to what people say to you and you just have to look at the actions. And I see this happening a lot of the times. You know, a lot of times I see this happening. You know, it's like people, people tell you what you want to hear because they want to avoid conflict. But then this is even more frustrating because, like, if you want something in a different done in a different way, you tell me this is what I want. This is my word. You have nothing. You have no saying in this. This is my decision. You go. You go against me like that. I know where I stand. I would say, okay, well, I'm out. Like, it's fine. I I respect you. I actually respect you more because, like, this is what you are. This is what you believe in with with that organization, it was not like that. It was always, oh yeah, of course, this is what we want to do. And uh, and then you work on projects and then you might start a brand and you put a lot of work into it. And, and, and you're like, oh my God, finally, this is like, we're gonna change things and we're gonna launch this and we're not gonna do the shady stuff. We're actually gonna focus on the product. And then the project is launched and then nothing happens, right? It's blocked at the last minute.
0: Matteo was trying to see through the smoke and mirrors for what was really happening. But the mirage went deeper than product development. It went right to the heart of his role at the company. When he joined, he was told he would be a partner in the business. I think
1: if we start the partnerships and uh, when someone says it's 50-50 me and you, I think it's not just like the money that we make, right? It's also the company, you know, the shares and everything. So, right? And I was expecting that like without having to say it, I should say, you know, it, it was it was a given. And somehow that wasn't happening. And I was asking about it. I was like, uh, and and the answer that I was getting was like, oh no, but it makes more sense because the company uh, is already registered to my name. Uh, and, uh, and then I found out it was actually not just his name, it was 50% his wife and 50% his. So legally he had the entity, all the bank accounts were connected to the company. So to me it was like, okay, makes sense. But where, where this is going? And I felt you 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 trust people that are like, oh, this is gonna happen, it's gonna get solved, or right now it makes sense. I mean, who cares, right? And then you're like, okay, this is there's something more here. It's not that there is legal implication of changing the company name. It feels that you wanna keep things under your name. So yeah, you feel that yeah, you're screwing me over in a nice way but you're still doing it. And I had no power. So then when I started seeing, I was like, what, what is this? What is that a partnership or, or not? Because if I don't have any power to change things, if I don't own any shares in the business, if I don't have control over the bank accounts, if I can't see the numbers, if I can't have no visibility of what's happening, I'm not a partner, it's just like a title. So you're basically dependent on someone else and you don't want to be in that position.
0: It took Matteo a while to internalize what was really happening, because yes, he was being told what he wanted to hear, but also because of a psychological trap that's very easy to fall into. In life as well, these happen few times. Also in my
1: relationships as well, I I, I went through divorce um, eight years, nine years ago, and I think we all have those alarm bells that they ring once, they ring twice, they ring three times, but. There is also the big thing in psychology, which is the cognitive dissonance, right? We're trying to you know, fool ourselves and try to make reason for things that we don't want to accept. And I think I was in the middle of a big cognitive dissonance, right? Because I was like, if everything is true, what I'm thinking about, then I'm screwed. Then I'm like, I have worked for nothing. And this is not going to go anywhere. And I wasted so much time. That was the issue. And I think it happens well with, with my past relationship or with a divorce. It's like you see all of this and then you're like, okay, if this is true, I have to break a marriage and I have a kid and I have a house. And, and so you, you, you don't want to deal with that. So you are changing reality and you don't want to face the,
0: face the reality. In the midst of this cognitive dissonance, Matteo's reality was working 12 hours a day, seven days a week for no visible reward. And it pushed him to the brink. I broke down crying in front of a meeting and I was
1: like, I couldn't stop. That was like, that was, that was bad. Like my brain was fried, like really, really fried. I couldn't because it was, it was frustration, anger, overworking. It was a combination of everything. So it wasn't just uh, burning out. I wasn't burnout. It was, it was actually a nervous breakdown because burnout a lot of times come from fatigue and work fatigue and things like that. Um, but I think it was like the toxic environment and the rage that I had inside and the frustration that I was feeling. Also, I always had principles. So when things are not right, I kind of, you know, it bothers me. It really, really bothers me. And business for me is personal as well, which is not good all the time. I think I need to learn myself to be more detached. But uh, but business is personal, yeah. So I took it, I think, really, really personally as well. Yeah, I couldn't get out of bed. I couldn't concentrate. It was, uh, I was yeah,
0: it was bad. Mateo realised he just had to get out. So get out he did, with nothing to show for his work. He blocked his then-partner, called his now-co-founder, and they've gone on to be very successful. That raw experience taught him some critical lessons. First, have contracts, get things down in writing. Second, money isn't the sole motivator for building a good business.
1: And the third one, you should align with people when you find a co-founder. You shouldn't align to people that, not just you like or you have one thing in common, you have to do a little bit more digging in who they are. And the same thing with relationship and marriage. It's not like, hey, you're hot and I'm hot and I really enjoy spending time with you. I think it's like, what are your values? How do you feel about family? How do you, uh, what what's your motivations behind running a business? A lot of the times, you don't think about these things, but then eventually they they come up. So you might have just like a different set of skills, and then you're thinking about maybe that's enough. You know, I he's very good at this. I'm very good at that, and that's uh, and that's enough. But then eventually, it's like, yeah, what are your values? What 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 motivates you? Um, what you enjoy doing? There is a lot of things that are not necessarily going to be a make or break. It's not that if you have a different way of living, you, that person is not a great co-founder. But at least you have to know. You have to know who you're doing business with. Because you're going to spend considerable amount of time with this person, and they're going to be basically part of your life, no matter what, right? It's like a marriage. <laughs> the end of the day and the more the business grows it's very much like a relationship you start buying a house you start having kids there is more things that are going to tie you to that person so when the relationship breaks the more things you have the harder it's going to break
0: Matteo Grassi who says that failure is part of the journey if he looks at the 18-month period we've been talking about, it looks terrible. But if he looks at the five-year period, he knows that his failure allowed him to be very successful. I've been your host, Dan murray If you like this episode, then hit follow or subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast. It makes a massive difference to us and maybe takes a couple of seconds of your time. See you next time. Hold up. Before you go, I want to play you a clip of the new true crime show we've just released. Hope you enjoy. In a country run by billionaires and triads, one gangster decides to go it alone. To have a guy like that with bombs and AK-47s and putting billionaire sons in boxes is, is scary. And his actions provoke a geopolitical crisis that leaves Hong Kong in pieces. From Kindling Media and Vespucci... This is Bad Money, season one, Big Spender. Listen now, wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Here at Mindset Win, we want to give you the tools to become better at what you do.
0: Taking inspiration and wisdom from our guests, we will hear stories, strategies, tips, and tricks.
1: Told by leading names in sport
0: and beyond. Who know what it takes to get to the very top There will be two episodes each week packed with amazing stories and practical takeaways for us all to follow. Search for Mindset Win on YouTube and on your favorite podcast app.